Hi, this is Jackie Russo, and I'm the host of Razor Branding Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy it, learn something from it, and it makes your time worthwhile. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Please be sure to subscribe. You can do it through iTunes or through the razorbranding.org website. For more information, you can get everything you need to know from that site, as well as info about each episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Jackie Russo, J-A-C-I-R-U-S-S-O. If you don't like what is being said, change the conversation. Hi, this is Jackie Russo, and you're listening to Razor Branding Podcast. Today, we're not talking about business or social media or marketing or branding. Today, we're going to talk about Coach Tony Robichaux. And this is a tough one. It's a tough one for me to get through, and so I'm going to apologize in advance, but I think it's an important subject for us to cover because he really built the brand of baseball, and he did it through his words, through his actions, by being a great model. If you aren't familiar with Coach Robichaux, he was for 25 years the head baseball coach at the University of Louisiana. It happens to be my alma mater, uh, but when I attended school there and went to baseball games, they were in a little field and uh, there were a few dozen people in attendance and it was not nearly the powerhouse program that he built it to be. I moved away after college and lived in Los Angeles and while I was gone, they hired him. And it was fortuitous, I think, for both of us. He had been a player at UL, and so it was great for him to be able to come home and coach at his alma mater. And what he did with the program was nothing short of miraculous. I know that a lot of people who subscribe to the podcast are not located in Louisiana, so you might not be familiar with the college or the program. But the University of Louisiana Raging Cajuns is a small school, 19,000 people. Um, It's in the Sun Belt, which is a small conference. And he built a big program there. Um, He is the winningest coach in UL history. And uh, he did all of this before he passed at the age of 57. But he always told us that being a baseball coach is what he does. It's not who he is. And I had the opportunity to attend a weekly luncheon series with him each season uh, for fans that he would do is called Diamond Club. And it was an awesome experience because he broke down the game of baseball and the game of life. Uh, he talked about similarities. It was it was like going to church in a lot of ways. He was a very devout family man, a devout Christian. And so he shared his thoughts on life and baseball and his mission here on earth, which was taking boys and turning them into men. And uh, I'm lucky that I got to know him and count him as a friend and that my son was coached by him for a number of summers, and he was a part of our lives, and uh, he was a great person. So I wanted to share some of my favorite robisms, um, the things that he would teach us either during our Diamond Club lunches or he would talk about at press conferences or that he would tell the team. Uh, And I think these are very powerful messages. And so although he left us too soon, I think his teachings still live on. And I think it's important that we share his words so that he can live on in each one of us. So I think uh, I've read a lot of really great articles and seen a lot of videos uh, since his untimely heart attack last week. But I feel like um, this is just another opportunity for me to share some of the things that he, he taught us. So one of my favorites is take your test and make it a testament. Take your mess and make it a message. He was a big believer that you weren't done yet. You needed to keep working on yourself no matter what it was. And so don't just be 
throw your hands up in the air and give up just because it's gotten too tough or because you've done something wrong, learn from it. And it's all about learning. Uh, that was another one that he had that I thought was awesome, uh, talking about the W's and the L's of the game. For him, they weren't wins and losses. They were wins and lessons because everything you did, you were either winning or you were learning. And so he felt like he was always winning because of that. 90% of your problems are self-inflicted. Man, if that's not true, both in baseball and in life. It's about how we react to the situations we find ourselves in, right? So it may not be going the way we want it to, life or business or families or marriage or kids, but what do you do with what happens? How do you learn from it? So instead of shooting yourself in the foot and making a bad situation worse, how do you grow from that experience? Uh, I thought that was a great one. Now, this is something that he said almost every chance he got. Uh, Nowhere in the Bible does it say how to become a good baseball player, but it's pretty clear what kind of man you should become. Now, obviously, he means man or woman, but what he's talking about is being a Christian. Now, he's talking about living his life the right way. He would follow that often by saying that when he gets upstairs, he's not going to be asked about win and loss records. He's not going to be asked about ERA or batting average. Uh, that he will not be met at the pearly gates with a stopwatch and asked to run a 440. He is going to be asked about the impact he had on the people around him. And so I think that was a pretty uh, good conversation that he probably had last week. And uh, I think the answer was probably a really good one. Ego stands for edging God out. And he's right. You cannot be a godly person and be egotistical. Uh, It can't be all about you. And so uh, my kids go to this summer camp every year in Arkansas called Camp Ozark. It's an awesome place if you ever get a chance to send your kids there. But one of the things that they always talk about is first is third. And so that means you have to put yourself third. It's got to be God, others, and then yourself, right? So you are third in that equation. Another thing that they they talk about is joy, J-O-Y, that you're happiest when you have your life in the right order, Jesus, others, and then yourself, J-O-Y. So I think this is applicable here as well. Ego stands for edging God out. What a great way to look at it. Uh, Here's another one of Coach Robe's robisms. Nothing is ever good or bad. It's how you respond that makes it good or bad right? That kind of goes with 90% of problems in your life are self-inflicted. So if nothing is ever good or bad, it's your reaction to it. Change the way you react. Don't let it beat you down or hold you back or cause you to give up or not be accountable and blame someone else. Instead, step up, be accountable, take responsibility, react in a way to turn that situation into a positive one. Kids are like a kite, he used to say. The greater the turbulence, the higher it flies. Without turbulence, it won't fly. He was really frustrated at the change in sports and parenting that he saw on such a regular basis. He felt like a lot of kids came to college unprepared for the challenges of life, the turbulence that they would face. He often spoke on the need to face challenges so that you learn you can face challenges and that you can learn how to overcome those challenges. He, uh, he has got a viral video on Daddy Ball that I think sort of encom- encompasses this and encapsulates it because it's all about teaching kids to stand on their own two feet and having to really grow up and learn how to be self-reliant. Uh, he did not have tolerance for people who had been coddled. Uh, when the Raging Cajuns were the number one t- ranked baseball team in the country in 2014, 
and they that year won 58 games to 10 losses and became one out away from a trip to Omaha. We uh, we spent a lot of time that season listening to him talk about wanting to recruit boys who drink from the water hose in the third inning. And uh, I always thought that was great because he's looking for grinders. He was looking for people who worked and worked hard and worked constantly. It was a very blue collar team and you could tell. And so I love that. Kids are like a kite. The greater the turbulence, the higher it flies. And it's true, if there's no wind, if, there's, if it's a calm, still, flat day, that kite's not flying anywhere. And the same thing with our kids. If we hand them everything, then they're never going to learn and grow up to be great humans. Um, they're going to expect you to keep handing them stuff. <laughs> this is another thing he used to tell his players. You're going to give your last name to a child one day. Protect it. Don't beat it up. He knew how important it was for these guys who are away from home for the first time, experiencing a lot of freedom they probably didn't have before, to be reminded of how their actions would affect them and future generations forever. And so I think he was a great model of that. He was a great husband and a great dad. And so he, uh, he definitely did not beat up his last name. He passed on a great last name to them. Learn to use your sport. Don't let the sport use you. He would say often that when one of his players graduated from college at 22, usually, um, chances are very few of them are going to make it to the majors. So for the most part, they're done playing baseball at 22. They live to be 82. They've got 60 years of living without baseball in front of them. There's a great story he told about getting a call from a teacher one day. And the professor said, uh, I got one of your players in my class, and uh, he's not done very well on a test. And uh, I just wanted you to know that I'm a big fan of the program, a season ticket holder. And so I just want to talk to you. And coach said, what grade did he earn? And the professor said, an F. And he said, then there's nothing to talk about. He earned an F, he gets an F. And the professor, knowing that it was going to affect the player, his eligibility, his uh, GPA, said, well, I mean, coach, we can talk about it. Maybe, you know, there's some extra work I can give him. And coach said, he should have done the work you did give him. <laughs> he should have done the assignments that he was originally given, and then he wouldn't have an F right now. He earned an F, give him an F. Coach had no tolerance for people thinking they could use baseball or any uh, glory that was in their lives to help them have a smoother ride. He wouldn't let his players wear baseball caps on campus. They had to sit in the first three rows of class. They had to turn in attendance reports, study hall, and consequently, his teams for years and years had some of the best GPAs of any team on campus and any team in the conference. It was very important to him that his players get good grades, actually learn while they're in college, graduate, and go pro in whatever their career was going to be, knowing that very few of them were going to have a chance to play pro baseball. So he didn't want them to use the sport to be able to have shortcuts. He didn't want them to get used by the sport and find themselves at 22 with nothing but a lot of memories. He wanted them to use the sport properly, to learn from it, to grow from it, and help them become better people because of it. He said, Tiger Woods' golf game never got Tiger Woods in trouble. I thought that was great. Because it's true. Although there were a few shanked shots that caused some problems in tournaments, at the end of the day, it was Tiger's behavior off the field that would get him into trouble. 
And so he wanted to make sure that his guys knew that they had to behave off the field just as well as they did on the field. It was very important that whether they were on the diamond or in their social life with their friends, that they always maintain a certain level of performance and uh, making good choices. He would say too many people sit down when it's time to stand up. He didn't want people who were sitting down when they should be standing up to do something the right way. And so he wanted to make sure that it was done the right way all the time. He would say a journey towards something is actually a journey away from something. You can't steal second with your foot still on first. Man, doesn't that apply to a lot of things in life? Whether it's graduating from high school, moving on to college, graduating from college, moving on to a career, whether it's with friends or family, at all opportunities, I think we often hold on to something that ends up being an anchor and brings us down instead of letting go of that so that we can move on to the next thing. So you cannot journey towards something unless you're journeying away from something else. Now, he liked guys that were grinders, right? Guys that worked hard, played hard. He would say, you can't sharpen a knife with Kleenex. He's also known for saying you can't sharpen a knife with a plastic plate. Same applies here. At the end of the day, it's that turbulence, right? Because the turbulence is going to sharpen the knife, just like the turbulence is going to lift up the kite. Don't avoid challenges. Don't let your kids avoid challenges. We've got to have a little bit of hardship for us to get a little harder. He would say, we're all born with a good wolf and a bad wolf. You can't ever kill them, but you can starve them. So you want to keep feeding the good wolf and starve the bad wolf. And then my personal favorite, work while you wait. He had no tolerance for people who were waiting until they were given an opportunity and they would then go work for it. He wanted you to work the whole time. And that's so true in life, careers, family, personal relationships, school, whatever it might be. You've got to work while you wait. You can't expect the opportunity to come and just throw open the door and show up and say, here I am. You've got to work for it. And you've got to work the whole time. And just because you're not a starter or you're not the boss at your company, you need to be working as hard as if you are. Because the harder you work, the sooner that chance will come. So for the past few days, I've been sad. I think we all have been. Everybody who knew him, loved him, respected him, learned from him, and is going to miss him. And I hope that this, in some small way, gives someone a chance to hear the words that he used to say and grow from them. And that's the greatest thing I think we can do to help remember him and memorialize him and allow his work to continue after he's gone. I don't know what's going to happen with the team next year or the season, but I do know that everybody that had a chance to come in contact with him is better for it. And so I hope this maybe has helped you a little bit learn something, not necessarily about branding or even about baseball, but about being a better person. I think the world's a better place when we all can focus on how we can make it a better place for everyone around us.